Hello and welcome to Southern Comfort, the SoCom podcast where we talk all things Southern Conference sports. Your host, Cole Spivey, here with Will Fleming as always. Our guest this week, a sophomore guard from the Citadel, Jackson Gammons. Jackson, you want to say what's up? What's up, y'all? What's going on? Glad to be here. I'm just going to give you all a little breakdown about Jackson. Um, six foot three, 195 pound guard, um, out of High Point, North Carolina, went to Calvary Day School. Middle name is Cole. I thought that was cool when I was checking out your info. Yeah. Um, this guy's smart, y'all. That's what I'm seeing. 2019-20 uh, honor roll in the SOCON, Commissioner's Medal 19 and 20, Gold Stars from the Citadel in Fall 19 and Spring 20. You want to talk a little bit about that and, you know, what you have to do to get those honors? Um, yeah, so uh, Gold Stars is the Citadel. I've got I received that every semester that I've been here so far. Um, Gold Stars is getting a 3.7 GPA or higher in the semester. Um, so I've been, able, I've been fortunate enough to get those honors uh, every semester I've been here. I'm looking to get it this semester as well. Um, and I'm actually graduating a year early. I'm graduating in May, this coming May. Um, and I'm looking to have gold stars every semester that I've been here. Um, I'm actually, my goal is to graduate with a 4.0 GPA. So that's the plan. Uh, the commissioner's medal, I believe commissioner's medal goes to somebody that has gotten a 4.0 uh, I think for two consecutive seasons. So uh, I'm actually not totally sure on everything that surrounds that, but I, that's to be my best guess. Very cool, man. Very cool. So, you know, being a student athlete, especially the Citadel, you're really, you really are an athlete just as much as you are a student, if, you know, if not more. Yeah, uh, um, but talk about, you know, the difficulty of being on the honor roll as a division one athlete, you know, talk about how there's, you know, kind of a gap, a big difference from high school athlete to college athlete. Kind of explain that. Yeah. So the biggest difference from high school to college is a college sport is more of a full-time job. Uh, in high school, I worked out a lot. I spent a lot of time on the court in high school, but uh, in college, you know, in high school it was really by my choice to spend that much time on the court. In college, it's really no choice. When you're on a scholarship, the coaches that they'll set practice, they'll set workout times. And it's obviously a way heavier load than high school is. Um, and it's for a much longer season and they can get you on the weekends they can get you twice a day if they want. So, yeah. you know, you're really following that. And also going to the Citadel adds a, a, a whole different side to being a division one athlete and a student because you have the military side to everything as well. So um, I have to keep my room in order. I don't know if you can tell, but wow. the beds behind me are made. Um, everything in my room is in place. Uh, I have formation every single morning on Mondays and Thursdays. Formation is at 6.30 a.m. And uh, every other day of the week, they're at 7.30. I have to be downstairs with a prepared uniform, a shine belt buckle, shine shoes, um, all that, make sure I'm looking good. So there's that whole aspect. And then the academic side, obviously. So one thing that you really learn being an athlete at Citadel is time management. Uh, that's, yeah. I would say that's probably the biggest skill that I've learned here. Uh, now, I, I was fortunate enough to go to a really good high school that prepared me for college. Uh, Calvary Day School is, is no joke academically. So they really prepared me, and I actually was able to hit the ground running when I got here academically. That's actually why I'm able to graduate early. But I would say the biggest difference is – you've got to find time to get schoolwork in. So for me, it really means sacrificing video games, Netflix, 
you know, during the week, during the semester here, I'm, I'm not watching a lot of Netflix. I'm not finishing TV shows. I'm not playing video games. I'm usually studying on the court or doing something military wise. So. Um, you mentioned that formation. Is that always like, you know, y'all get back from a road game at four in the morning. Is that you still got to be out there bright and early at seven 30? Um, typically they'll be a little lenient with that. So if we get back from a road game, say we play VMI or something, we get back at like 3 a.m. Uh, typically I have 8 a.m.s and here you cannot miss a class. If you miss a class here, if you sleep through a class, you get punishments. And there's a, there's a, there's two punishment systems here. Uh, I'll go into them briefly. There's one thing called a con. And if you miss a class, you actually get, actually get 15 cons. A con is a logged hour of sitting in a room doing nothing pretty much. Wow. You, can, you can do homework for during a con, but that's about it. Um, that is the, I would say the less severe form of punishment here. The other form of punishment is called a tour and pretty much you have to put on a dress uniform and you have to grab if you have a rifle and you have to walk back and forth inside of one of the battalions here for an hour and that's one tour um and typically actually it is a rule you're not allowed to leave on the weekends until all your punishments are served so um that being said when we get back from 2 a.m at vmi i'm not missing my 8 a.m that next morning because I don't want punishments. I need to be in class. So wow. sometimes they'll be lenient with formation, but because I have class at eight, I'm, I'm already up anyway. So I just go at seven 30. Wow. That's pretty impressive. I, I don't know about you, Will, but if we ever got back from a road game, <laughs> I didn't go to class. I, I would yeah. No, nah, man, I'm going to be real. Sometimes uh, I, I, I was more worried about academic or athletics and academics. That's for sure. Yeah. That's uh, I, I was, I was that way my freshman year here. I, I don't know if, if you're able to catch it from any of the background, but I suffered a, a pretty rough injury my freshman year here yeah. um, that ended my season. And it, it actually changed a lot of my perspectives, uh, basketball, academics, and life in general-wise. So um, I was a little bit that way my freshman year where I was like – You want to go into detail about that a little bit more? About the injury? Yeah, and just kind of what that changed for you. Yeah, so uh, coming out of high school, I was – uh, I feel like I was, I was recruited pretty heavily out of high school. Uh, I, most of the schools in the, in the Southern conference, especially around the area of North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, you know, they recruited me and then I was recruited by a lot of mid majors and I was really focused and had my sights set on basketball, man. To be honest, I had tunnel vision. Like I wanted to play college and have a great career and then play professionally as long as I could and then jump into college coaching for the rest of my career. I was completely centered on basketball, but my freshman year here, three games in, I had a stress. It wasn't fully a stress fracture. It was technically a stress reaction, but it was in my femur, which is the oh, largest, wow. which is the largest and biggest, biggest bone in the body and the most weight bearing bone in the body. So when they found that out in x-ray, they shut me down for a road trip. We came back, I talked to an orthopedic surgeon and they were like, yeah, this, this is a good three to four month recovery. Your freshman season's is over. And uh, what a lot of people don't understand is, I mean, you you guys have played sports. So freshman year is a big adjustment period. Yeah. Sitting out freshman year is, is a tough year to sit out, but then it kind of snowballed on me because I returned back to practice the last week in March. So I practiced with the team for a week. And then the next week we got sent home for COVID from March until August. 
So I didn't spend time on the court with my team from November until August of the next yeah, year. Yeah, that's very tough. That's tough. So, so that was a long period of time. But essentially, I, I was forced to be separated from the game, forced to be separated from playing the game, right? So I had to learn. It was tough at first. I had to learn ways to almost cope with not playing, right? Um, so I, I actually well-developed and really grew in my faith as a Christian which really helped me cope and it's really helped me grow. And I've gotten a part of some organizations here on campus with some great people that have really helped me. And then I have some really good mentors who have helped me like be like, Hey, you can be a great student. You can be uh, the best person you can be on campus. You can find other things that you're passionate about. So I've been able to do that. And it was, it was honestly, it was really tough and it's been tough athletically, but it's kind of been a blessing in disguise for me as a person. Oh, that's yeah, great. Especially having that injury and COVID kind of hit you at the same time. Same exact time. Yeah, that's and what lot. hurt was uh, I, on the injury, a stress fracture or any type of that, any type of injury like that in the femur, there's nothing you can do for it to heal it except for rest. So it was about three months of being on crutches, crutching around campus. They told me I couldn't walk too much because if I walked too much, then I would load the bone and I could, uh, slow down the healing process. So I actually gained a lot of weight. I gained like 15 to 20 pounds more than my playing weight. So when I came yeah. back, I was, I was all out of whack. Yeah. That's a, that's a big adjustment. Um, yeah, yeah. you know, just kind of rolling into another question we have. So talk about playing at Duke this year, you know, Duke yeah. Scott, one of their, you know, all time best recruits, stuff like that. Talk about recruiting them this year, trying to, you know, watch the film and stuff. And then, uh, just the whole experience and what, you know, what it was like with your coach, you know, going down within the first minute, you know, and, and kind of rallying around that seemed like in the first half. Yeah. So uh, being a North Carolina kid, I've, I've grown up seeing games in Cameron Indoor, grown up watching North Carolina Duke rivalry. It's it, it was kind of a surreal thing for me to even get to go and shoot around in Cameron Indoor. Yeah. Uh, actually being there and experiencing I've had like a lifelong dream of being heckled by the crazies. <laughs> so, so getting to be heckled by the crazies is pretty fun. Um, but yeah, with, with coach B passing out there early in the game, it was about a minute and three seconds in. Yeah. We all turned to our left. We wasn't, we weren't sure what happened. And then we found out it was coach. Uh, I think one thing that our team is really good at, our team is pretty resilient. And I think it may have to do with, you know, some of the things that I've described to you guys about going to school here. Yeah. Uh, sometimes stuff just happens. You got to figure it out. So for us, you know, it was like, all right, coach went down. We still have a game to play. So yeah. no, what, no matter what it means, we got to focus. Coach is, coach is not going to want us to focus on him right now. He's going to want us to focus on playing this game, playing the best of our ability. Well, yeah. um, so we were able to, we were able to step up and respond to something, you know, a lot, a lot of times you, you hear, or for me, I like to live by something where it's like, it's not necessarily about what happens to you. It's more about how you respond to it. So for us in that game, you know, some adversity hit with coach falling down. It's not about, it's not about what happened to him. It's not about what happened to us team. It's about how we can respond to it. And I feel like we responded pretty well. We broke a record in Cameron yeah. indoor for threes. Yeah. Um, I'll also say coach Castleberry, he stepped up and did a good job. Uh, stepping right. up that, that was his head coaching debut he'd never been a head coach in a college game, or at least <laughs> Incredible. A college game. so that was pretty cool uh and you know just just to be a part of that environment Cameron it's one thing to watch it on tv but it's another thing to actually be in there it's one of the coolest environments of college basketball for sure 
Um, you want to do a 180 talking about ACC schools and just talk about how it felt to go beat one on the road and pit? Yeah, yeah, man. So I remember it was like – it was probably like six minutes left in the second half. And I turned and looked at my team, one of my teammates, and I was like, dude, we're about to beat Pitt. Like, <laughs> we're about to beat Pitt. Because before our – our team before years before our team, even my freshman year, the Citadel basketball program has been uh, like people laugh at the Citadel basketball program almost. And we haven't beat a power five. I, I don't know. If you, I don't remember the date, but we haven't beat a power five in like 30 years. Yeah. So the fact that we went in there, we scouted them really well. They, they also had some, some preseason stuff that was unfortunate. They had a leading scorer go out with something that some incident with the police. Um, and they also had, wow. They also had another leading scorer that tore his ACL in a preseason game. So yeah. they were missing two pretty good guards. But for us to go in there, you know, sometimes people look at our team and they're like, oh, we're about to beat this team by 30. Yeah. And we go in there at Pitt on their home opener and beat them. It was pretty cool to be a part of. We uh, we we gave Coach B his first ever Gatorade shower in the locker nice. room after the game. So he he was pretty excited about that. And, uh, that was awesome. yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. It was, it was exciting to be a part of that. Uh, it's exciting just to be a part of a team where, you know, people like five, 10 years from now are going to be like, hey, I remember that Citadel team that, that beat Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh. Yeah, you know, it's, it's cool to just be a part of a team like that. So, Absolutely. And kind of leading back to the Duke question, you know, what's it like scouting those guys, you know, even with the Pitt guys, you know, do you, do you sit there watching film, you know, you get chills thinking, man, I get the guard, you know, Paolo Banchero, you know, they're playing for Duke that everyone in the country is talking about right now. Yeah, so – a lot of times scouting those guys, scouting high major teams, if I'm being honest, it's actually a lot harder to scout SOCON teams than it is to scout high major teams. Really? Yeah. So SOCON teams run so many more actions. Yes. So much more strategy to SOCON basketball than there is to Duke or Pitt or ACC basketball. A lot of what scouting Duke is, is run an initial action to get some movement and then give your best player the ball in their spot and let them go to work. Or if this breaks down, give your best guard the ball and let him work in a ball screen. For us, for Pittsburgh, that's all it was. We, we worked on ball screen coverage every single day, day in and day out for a, like a week leading up to that game. And yeah. we had different ball screen coverages for every guy on their team based on their scout. And it turned out to work out really well. They honestly struggled to score on us because we knew what they were going to do. Duke is a little different of a story because they have a guy like Paolo Manchero, right? Yeah. He, uh, he can get the ball in, in his spot, and sometimes there's no defense that's going to stop a guy like that. Going yeah. going to the NBA as a lottery pick, he at his size, he's also a lot bigger in person than you may see. <laughs> he, he's, he's, a, he's a big – I don't know how old he is, but one of our teammates was like, that's a big 18-year-old. I don't know if he's <laughs> But, yeah, if I'm being honest – it's a lot harder to scout SOCON teams because yeah. SOCON teams, we have good players, but a lot of times the SOCON is just so good strategic that we have strategic coaches with strategic offenses. Like, wow. I, I will say one of the hardest teams for us last year to scout was Mercer just because they, wow. they had bigs that could shoot the ball and they ran actions where they would curl those bigs and then pop them. Yeah. And it was just really hard to guard. Cool. You want to kind of ask the next question? Yeah. Um, you just my favorite question to ask really is SoCon players. Um, best and worst place to play in the SoCon. 
Um, this always comes from Wofford. I don't know about how you feel about Wofford, but that's always a place that sticks out in my mind. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So when you say best, you mean like the nicest? Yeah. Nicest yeah, facility? Wofford, man. That's the first thing I think about all the time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, man, the lockers in Wofford, yes. So I was, I was actually recruited by Wofford. So I got to go on a visit and tour, was, I think it's Jerry Richardson. Uh, yeah. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, so I was recruited by Wofford. I got to go on a tour, and, yeah, that place is legit. It is, it is state-of-the-art, top-of-the-line, very nice basketball facility. So I would say probably the top two nicest places to play in the SoCon are Wofford and Chattanooga. I think Chattanooga has a very nice arena as well. I think it's a little bit too big for the SoCon. So yeah. It doesn't necessarily get as loud as possible, but I think their arena is still very nice for a SoCon school. And then the toughest place to play is by far VMI, especially for us. Yeah, absolutely. For us, especially because Coach B coached at VMI for, I think, like 15 years before he was here. That's always a very special game to him anyways. And it's also the Citadel VMI rivalry. So the cadets in there are a little bit more amped up than they would be for a game against, you know, Wofford or, or Sanford or something. Cadets in there are a little more wild. They know us a little more personally. So that that's by far the the toughest place to play in SoCon. You know, at, at VMI, do do, uh, do, the, do, the, do the rings at the VMI ever, you know, do they ever get to you and hitting their rings on the, on the metal? Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I would say, I would say early in the game, you're like, especially for me when I was a freshman, I wasn't playing cause I was hurt, yeah. but I just remember going in there and I remember one of our coaches, coach Castleberry, he played there. He played okay. for coach B at VMI. And I wow. remember him saying something to us like, like, hey, they're going to bang their rings on the pole. It's going to be loud. It's going to be annoying. Just letting you know. And I didn't think it would be that bad. But when you get, when you get in there, it, it's loud. And there could – I don't know. Have you, have you guys been in VMI's arena? I haven't. Their sands are so close to the court. Yeah. It's yeah. like they're almost on the floor. And, yeah, when they're just – when they're beating those rings on there, it's loud. It, it's annoying, especially early in the game. I think it kind of settles down after a little while. But, yeah, it's – it's de- it definitely makes it tougher and more hostile to play in there. Yeah. And then I guess leading to the next question, you know, let's talk about going to going to Asheville, you know, the Southern Conference Championships, you know, what makes it so different in Asheville? Uh, I think just having everything on the line. And the one thing about mm-hmm. the SoCon, the, especially the last two years, now UNCG won it last year. I think they were the number one seed mm-hmm. anyways. And actually ETSU won it the year before. They were the number one seed. But – if you look at some of the teams they were playing in championships, like I remember the Mercer team when they were a seven yep. seed, they made it. I don't know how. Just she was a four it. seed once. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then Chattanooga, two years ago, Chattanooga beat off UNC or they yeah. knocked off UNCG in the first round, I think. So, the one thing about uh, the one thing about the SoCon tournament is our conference is so stacked that anybody can beat anybody at any time. I, like last year, we were last year we were neck and neck with UNCG. We lost by single digits, and I think it was a two point game with like less than two minutes to go. And we were this seven or eight seed, and they were the one seed. Yeah. So I think I think every coach in the SoCon knows that, especially with teams like us in VMI, right? So if if we go in there and we shoot the ball well, we can beat anybody. Yeah, same, absolutely. Same thing. Same thing with VMI. VMI goes in there and they shoot the ball well. They can beat anybody. And I think a lot of coaches in the SOCON know that. And there's just a lot of extra scouting. Um, 
and I think Asheville is a pretty cool place. That venue that they have down there, the Cherokee Center, it's a pretty cool place. Yeah. To play. It's uh, awesome. Yeah, it's it's that that's a lot of fun for sure. And you know, it comes down to I think the SoCon should be a two bid league, in my yeah. opinion, to the tournament, especially now with I mean, how many SoCon teams have beat a high major this year? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I think winning records right now. Yeah, every team in SoCon has a winning record. And if, if we're being honest, we should have – we should be better than – I think we should be about seven and one. I think our two yeah. Big South losses, we should have won both of those games. But, um, yeah, I just think in Asheville, it's coming down – it's probably the third time that you've seen a team in the SoCon, so the scouting is definitely going to be as, the best as po- possibly can be. And then, you know, you have guys that know each other, regardless oh, yeah. if they've played each other so many times, so – it's it's a, there's a lot going on down there. It's a lot of fun though. I also enjoy like when we're not playing. I like going back to the arena and just watching other teams play. Yeah, uh, it kind of brings you back to that high school basketball tournament feeling. Oh, I feel yeah. like you know AAU tournament, Christmas AAU tournament tournaments. Feeling. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned you know seeing guys a third time. Um, you know you've been around the SoCon for a while now, so I'll give you a few years to pick from. What's that guy you know on the scout report that's like this is the best player in the SoCon, hardest player to guard? They've got him circled. Oh man. Uh if if we're be my first two years, the the guy, the guy that's gonna stick out the most is probably gonna be Isaiah Miller. Probably, oh yeah. And it, it's probably not, it's probably not because he honestly, if I'm being honest, it's probably not because of his offensive abilities. Definitely like he, he, he can score the ball, don't get me wrong, but it's because of his defensive case capabilities. And he's one of those guys that like if he gets a steal and he goes down the court and he throws something down like he, he just gets so much energy our uh our coaches in the scout are my freshman year which would be two years ago now they used to call it no miller time moments <laughs> don't allow any miller time moments so that is don't let him get a steal a fast break and go down and win miller or something because then the whole team's going to rally and next thing you know they might be up by 20 so wow. i would think that's i would think he's definitely one of them uh Another guy that I think is really good that may not get – I mean, we're kind of far away from them, but I think yeah. uh, the point guard at Chattanooga – I'm going blank on his name. Gene Baptiste? No, not him. The, the bigger guard. Malachi? Yeah, Malachi. Yeah. Malachi Smith. Malachi Smith. I think he's, he's a very good guard, too, where he's actually been oh, yeah. shooting three a little better. So, it's like, you know, he's pretty tough. He's pretty tough to guard for sure. No, you got to tell me this one. You know, I'm an ETSU guy. You know, who's the hardest ETSU guard? Or what's the guy that you're just like, man, I got to play him again? Whether it's with trash talk, whether it's with, you know, whatever it is, I got to know. You know, I don't know who they have this year. Yeah. But I remember, so I'm, Davian Williamson is one of my good friends. Oh, man. Yeah. I train, I train with Davian all summer, every summer. Uh, I'm technically from High Point, but I claim Winston-Salem. So gotcha, gotcha. obviously Davian, he's at Wake. He's the hometown hero right now. For sure. Um, but last year, I would think uh, one of the Brewers, Ladarius, the Bre- Darius oh, Brewer. Ladarius yeah. Brewer was probably that guy where it's like we've got to we've got to make sure that we guard him solid and don't let him get going because he's one of those that can he can score at all three levels. Oh, so, yeah. But then I remember last year, the other brewer, I think it's Ty Brewer. Yeah. At the end of the game, he got a steal and windmilled it in game. So, <laughs> yeah. That, that was one of those, those moments. They can, where just like, they can most definitely get up. 
And I remember, you know, I'm good friends with Bo Hodges, and I remember talking with him, oh, yeah. you know, before he transferred. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, before he transferred, you know, talking about the team, you know, the next year, this was a 30 and four year, you know, I think I'm packing on my apartment, we're talking. And he's like, man, you know, next year would be crazy athletic. You know, we have Ladarius. And he, you know, went on and on and on and on about his skill set and was saying, you know, like the stuff he does in practice just is just stupid. You know, it yeah. shouldn't be going. It's crazy. And, you know, speaking of that, you know, you're actually playing with the preseason, you know, a conscious player of the year, you know, Hayden Brown. Do you have any wow moments in practice? You know, it, does he, is he pulling out something crazy? You know, he's very he's a very physical player in game. You know, does he yeah. still carry that same mindset in practice? Yeah, if if I'm being honest, what you see in game from Hayden is yeah. is what we get in practice as well. Uh, a lot of, a lot of times our coaches actually have to be tough on him uh, with like how physical he is because he he finds himself getting in foul trouble sometimes. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes they're not even really his fault. He's just bigger and stronger than guys, and they don't know how to guard him, and the referees see that as a foul. So, yeah. if yeah. It, if there, there are some days where somebody in practice will make Hayden mad. And when I, tell, <laughs> when I tell you he gets every single offensive rebound and puts it back in, it's like <laughs> he, if he wants to get every board and put it back in, he can. Wow. And he does so, it pretty tough, too. Yeah. And another thing that's really a lot of people don't know about Hayden is his timing and his read of the ball off of the rim is the yeah. best I've ever seen from any basketball player in my life. Wow. Like he, it's it's almost like it's almost like he's always at the right place at the right time to oh, grab a rebound and put and put it back in. And then when he gets ahead of steam going downhill and puts his shoulder, it, it doesn't matter how strong you are, you're he's probably you're going down in the basket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um another thing that's really cool that I would actually like to mention about Hayden is a lot of people, a lot of people see Hayden's accolades on the court, right? They see he's preseason. SoCon player of the year. They see last year he, he was first team. Um, but one thing about Hayden is when you meet him as a person, you would have no idea. He never talks anything wow. about any of his accolades. Um, Hayden Hayden's actually been a big role model for me as a person just because um, of how he walks in his faith as a Christian. Yeah. And he's just he's just one of those guys where it's like he actually he actually doesn't care about the accolades. And I, I've honestly never met a basketball player that that is as good as he is, but yeah. does not care about the accolades or his personal achievement, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Because, and that if you can actually look at some of his background of what he's done. So uh, he could have – he graduated last year. He could have entered the transfer portal averaging – I think he averaged, what, like 20 and 9, 20 and 10. Yeah. He could enter the transfer cool. portal and gone anywhere he wanted to. But he, he said that he felt called to stay here and play at the Citadel for another year. And I don't know. I just think a lot of guys, when they have an opportunity to go somewhere bigger, they're going to take yeah. it. And for Hayden, absolutely. for Hayden, it's just like, you know, I, I feel that I'm best set here. I feel like this is where I need to be right now. And that's where he stays. So that's, that's something that I've always admired about him. And that's something that a lot of people actually don't see from him. So I just thought I'd point that out. There's definitely a lot of guys in the SOCON, you know, year two, year three, when they're putting up those big SOCON numbers, they're jumping ship, they're going, you know, high major. Oh, yeah. Um, and you're kind of transferring away from, you know, individual players. Um, a, a guy aside from Duke and Pitt, you want to talk about your favorite game you've played in? Maybe if it's a SOCON game or something like that. Yeah. So my my favorite game is actually going to go back a while. <laughs> 
because uh, a lot of complications with the injury my freshman year. Um, but my favorite game that I've played in is by far at Georgia, my freshman year. I would say my because we we played Anthony Edwards in that game. Yeah. Oh wow. My my freshman year was when I was playing the most consistent minutes. It was pre-injury. Yeah. And uh, I was able, I was I played like twenty-ish minutes at Georgia against Anthony Edwards and got to guard him on multiple occasions wow. and he guarded me on multiple occasions. And it, I don't know, it was just, it was really cool to be there. We almost beat them too. And Absolutely. Georgia's arena is almost like smaller for an SEC arena, yeah. but they pack it and it's so loud. So I think, I would say that's probably the best game that I've played in, in general. And then probably the best, the best SOCON game that I've played in is last year against Greensboro in the tournament. Okay. Yeah. I just playing in the tournament. Any, any minutes you can get in the tournament is fun. It's huge. So, I would say that for sure. Well, cool. Something I want to ask, you know, just because of the Western Carolina ties I have, you want to talk about what it feels like to have to go into Colorway and play, especially, I don't know if you've been on a Wednesday night yet, but that road trip's a long one for y'all. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a pretty good one. Funny thing about Colowy, the hotel we stay in, we get woken up by a rooster every morning. <laughs> There's a trailer park across the street from where we stay. And a rooster wakes us up in mornings. So if that's one thing about Colowy. Uh, but it I was Colowy so unique. That's the definition of home court advantage. Yeah, that's the definition <laughs> of home court advantage. Man, last year our loss against Western was – it was almost, it, we lost about one point. Yeah, that game and, was crazy. Yeah, it was a couple free throws missed, a couple layups missed, and it was some, a missed opportunity. So I actually kind of like playing at Western. Their, uh, their rims are – their arena is pretty good for shooting. Yep. Yeah. Um, and our, our games against Western usually get pretty chippy. I remember, I remember especially my freshman year when they had Halverson, Matt Halverson, which he played <laughs> last year too. Yep. So, so yeah, they, they always got pretty chippy because there'd be some chirping going on. And, you know, that's typically fun to be a part of. Um, you got anything else you want to ask, Will? Uh, we've got about eight minutes left here. You know, it's kind of just even with every, you know, college player really playing the AAU circuit, you know, that um, that big time, you know, summer ball, you know, outside of high school, you know, a lot of players say, oh, you know, I've played with so-and-so, you know, oh, I played with John Wall, you know, I played summer league with this guy. Do you have any of those, you know, big names you can kind of drop that you should play against or play with? Yeah, yeah. So I played, I played Team Felton okay. uh, on the Under Armour circuit my senior year. I actually was one of those guys that stayed loyal to uh, to one organization. I played for Team Felton three years, and I kind of worked my way up to the circuit team. So my senior year, I played with Joey Baker, who's at Duke. Oh, wow. Yeah. So actually, that's one thing I left out about Duke. I got to see one of my former AAU teammates. That's awesome. Cool. Um, I played with Odyssey Tony, who was at Pittsburgh, but now he's at Arkansas. Okay. So he's he's a very good defender, big guard. He's like 6'6". He was very good. Um, and then also play with Greg Gant. I don't know if you guys know who that is. He went to Providence, but now he's transferred to NC State. So he went to NC State. Yeah. Yeah. And he, so he's a, he's a good player. Played against, uh, played against Jordan McCabe, who played West Virginia. Oh, wow. Yeah. Kind of talk about him. even playing him. Did he live up to the hype? Because, I mean, he was, I mean, you know, if you go on YouTube and you're looking at a white boy playing basketball, it's usually him. So, man, you know, did, did he live up to the hype when he went to West Virginia? I know there was a lot kind of going on with that. I mean, he lit up to the hype. He put them up. I mean, yeah. like, 
he had a he had a quick trigger and he had no conscience of where he shot it from and when he shot. <laughs> so I, I he was definitely he lived up to the hype for one of those for sure. I would say probably the best person that lived up to the hype was Precious Achua. Oh wow. Uh my senior year, we played them. We played the New Heights team out of New York, and he was on the yeah. team. They had uh, Lester, I think his last name is pronounced Keonis. He plays at Memphis. Yeah. And they had a point guard who was going to Harvard, and then they had somebody else. And that team was very good. They were really good. He lived, he lived up to the hype. Uh, somebody that I've seen play an older Felton team because he was playing the 17U circuit before I was there was uh, Anthony Simons. Oh, wow, yeah. The, the Blazers, man, that yeah. dude can score. He can score. <laughs> and then uh, if I, this is actually funny. I was talking to some of my teammates about this earlier. If I'm going to be completely honest with you, the best basketball player that I've ever played with against anything, I train with him in the summers because we're both from Winston, is Harry Giles. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I know he and Dave and Williamson have that Winston connection. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, me, Harry, Davian, um, other guys, Kendrick Flomo, Olafami Boko is one of my high school teammates. We all train with a guy named Kenneth Bates and his, his training, his training organization or business, whatever you want to call it, it's called lab work. I've yep. been training with Kenneth since my sophomore year of high school. So I've been able to train with Harry and I've been able to train with him while he was leaving Duke and the whole time he's been in the NBA. And when I tell you, he is legitimately a six eleven guy that has a full on guard <laughs> skill set. Yeah. He's a 6'11 guy that has a full-on guard skill set. He's actually, in my opinion, he's not allowed to play the way he can in the NBA. And if he were allowed to, to showcase everything that he can do, I think people would realize, like, wow, this guy's really good. Well, yeah, I mean, you go to Duke for a reason, right? Yeah, yeah, and you get drafted. I think he was 15th for a yeah. reason. Yeah, he's, uh, <laughs> he's just – he's athletic. He's strong. He can shoot. He's 6'11". He can pass. He's probably one of the best passers I've ever played with. And he's just, he's one of those guys that's, you can go ahead. I said, you know, that's one of those things where, you know, people that aren't around the game of basketball that much, you know, they see, oh, well, this guy puts up, you know, 20 points, but you you don't, you don't realize how good their vision is. I think playing pickup with Davian, I've played pickup with him before. I've played pickup with him and Bo. It's, it's the things that they see that I would never even dream of, you know, seeing that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Harry, another thing is Harry's 6'11", so he's got a different view of the court than a lot of people. Yes. Yeah, so he's he's by far the best. He's probably the best and most skilled player I've played with, for sure. Um, we got about three, three and a half minutes here. Uh, you want to, you know, anything you missed or you want to talk about or, you know, plug something, shout out to the Citadel fans, tell them to come out for y'all's home games. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, Citadel fans, were, Citadel fans are everywhere, man. I, I'll tell you, like, we always have a good, we always have a fan base at every game because awesome. that's one thing. The alumni system here is, especially like with athletes, the alumni system here is loyal. They will show yeah, up. To they're very proud. Games. Yeah, absolutely. Which I know kind of what I talked about with going to school here, it's challenging. So when you graduate, mm-hmm. you have something to be proud of. That's so wonderful. that's absolutely a shout out. You know, choosing choosing a military school. I had some normal school offers. Um, choosing a military yeah, if you wanna, school. Yeah, if you want to quickly run through those like normal school offers, the ones that oh, you know, really made you made you really think twice about that Citadel decision, especially like the yeah. higher major ones. Yeah, so the the three that I really came down to at the at the end of my recruiting process yeah. was Longwood, Bradford, and Citadel. Wow. Um, I was recruited by some other really good schools that never actually offered me a scholarship. 
So, but I was really between Radford because when Radford was recruiting me, they had made the NCAA tournament two years straight. So that was pretty good. And and then Longwood plays in the same conference and they were pretty good as well. So those are the ones that I was between, but I would say my personal growth, not as a basketball player, but just as a man Mm -hmm. has, is definitely been benefited by choosing the military school. Wow. Academic wise. And then also, I don't think I would have worked as hard as I have academically to graduate early had I gone to a normal school. Yeah, it's very impressive. And I think I think those are definitely benefits. I've learned time management. I've really grown as a person, more as a basketball player, which will actually suit me further down the road in life. Because as you know, everybody knows, at some, point, at some point, sports are going to end. The ball stops. Yeah. Yeah. Some point the ball stops, stops bouncing and you're going to have, you're not going to have the game anymore, but you're still going to have the knowledge you gain, the type of person you are. So those are definitely the benefits of going here. That's a big thing with college sports, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And the Citadel, they'll bring you some connections. That's for sure. Um, Really to wrap it up, Jackson, we really appreciate your time. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate you guys too. Yeah. Uh, Will, anything you want to say? Man, just say, you know, good luck for the rest of the season. You know, um, you know, we're looking out for you guys, for the Bulldogs, you know, after that really hot start. But again, we, you know, we really appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate you guys, too. Jackson, you want to give us a go Bulldogs? Hey, go Bulldogs, man. <laughs>